Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with 1918, Part 4, pages 148 through 150. 1918, Part 4. The Bishop of Sinai went to Warsaw, and with him I sent a letter to Monsignor Ratti, the apostolic visitator appointed by the Holy See. I explained that our congregation cannot do without me. Then, since the danger that I would become Bishop of Vilnius kept increasing, I decided to go to Munich to present the matter personally to His Excellency Nuncio Pacelli. The Lithuanian Council also asked me to inform the nuncio that Monsignor Mikolkiewicz was exiled to Germany through no fault of the Council or the Lithuanians, and that there was a great need for direct communication between the Lithuanian clergy and Rome. I did go to Munich, but came away with the impression that the Holy Father was not likely to pay any attention to my explanations." With God's help, we were able to find some candidates who wanted to enter our monastery in Mariampole. Refugee priests began to return from Russia. Many of them came through Mariampole, and a few stayed in the monastery for some time. Gradually, we introduced spiritual reading at meals, as well as readings and commentaries on the constitutions and instructions. Then we closed our doors to enforce the cloister. Soon the secular priests found lodgings in town, and little by little we began to live as religious. Whenever I had the time, I worked on and wrote up the constitutions for the Sisters of the Poor, and Father Laukaitis translated them into Lithuanian. Somehow or other, I also managed to get the Sisters' life organized. I think that now I shall be able to continue writing the instructions for our congregation, the brothers, Marians from Warsaw, had written that I could now work in peace, since there is no longer any danger that I would shortly be appointed bishop. But later on, they wrote again, this time saying that in fact I had already been designated Bishop of Vilnius. It must have been on October 22nd that the Reverend Professor Milkowski brought me a telegram from Vilnius from His Excellency Monsignor A. Ratti, the Apostolic Visitator, which informed me that I had already been appointed Bishop of Vilnius, and also that if I tried to resign, the Holy Father would not accept my resignation. That night I could not sleep. I felt the full weight of the burden that had fallen upon me. It was a difficult time, but I had to make my peace with God's will. From my conversation with Professor Milkowski, I understood that the Polish clergy of Vilnius were none too pleased with my appointment, although some were glad that I was coming. Soon the representatives of the Lithuanian Council, Father Patrulis and Mr. Virzbaras, came to congratulate me. My friend Father Kukta, who was with them as well. We had some discussion about the forthcoming consecration and installation. They wanted me to have the consecration in Vilnius and asked me to come as soon as I received the papal bull. We also discussed the order of the speeches. I expressed the opinion 
that the first address should be in Polish since Poles were in the majority in Vilnius. The council delegates argued that I ought to speak in Lithuanian first since this is the Lithuanian state and its council requires it. I responded that I had not been appointed bishop for the state, but rather for the people. My duty was to the people and to the church. Consequently, I must consider their needs. The council delegates were not very pleased with my decision to speak in Polish first. They also wanted me to speak in Belarusian. I agreed that the bull be read in Belarusian, but whether I would speak in Belarusian or not was a matter that I would decide after consulting with others. As a people, the Belarusians are not yet conscious of their national identity. But in any case, I asked Father Tolotsko to prepare a short speech. I received word from Warsaw that the bull might take several, even up to six months, to arrive. I calmed down somewhat and resumed my work. On November 5th, I left for Kaunas. I wanted to talk to Bishop Karavichus and also to attend the convention at the Center for Catholic Action. On the way to Kaunas, Monsignor Wovotsko and Monsignor Ushilwo, representatives of the Vilnius Cathedral chapter, and I just missed each other. They found me in Kaunas and extended their congratulations on behalf of the chapter. We discussed arrangements for the installation and the speeches. Again, I told them that I was determined, first of all, to address the Poles in Polish, even though the Lithuanian council delegates were pressing me to speak in Lithuanian first. I also said that I was, as yet, undecided about giving my address in Belarusian. Both representatives were very much opposed to my addressing the Belarusians. Monsignor Wawotsko was adamant. He said that there were no Belarusians in Vilnius, that they are merely a fiction created by the Germans, and so on. I pointed out that even the newspaper Jenik Wilenski, which supports Polish interests, concedes that the Belarusians make up 17% of the population. In that case, would it not be worthwhile to show some consideration for them as well? Finally, I said that I was willing to leave all the decisions for the arrangements and consultation with the various delegations to the chapter, since it was it was the host, and I would be coming as its guest. I asked them, as far as possible, to make peace among the delegations of the various nationalities and to create harmony among all. The chapter delegates expressed the wish that I be consecrated in Vilnius. Well, in this last part of the entry, Blessed George continues his desperate attempt to prevent his appointment as the Bishop of Vilnius. He feels called to continue the renovation of our Marian congregation. He even travels to Munich, Germany, to speak to the Apostolic Nuncio Pacelli. Archbishop Eugene Pacelli would eventually become Pope Pius XII in 1939 at the beginning of the Second World War. Blessed George came to see that the handwriting was on the wall. Sooner or later, he would be named the Bishop of Vilnius. Blessed George is grateful to God that they have been able to find some candidates to join our Marian congregation. He then began to introduce some elements of the religious life to the daily schedule. The diocesan priest who had been staying in our monastery in Mariampole began to leave, and the Marian fathers could live the community life as a religious community. Blessed George was also working on the constitutions of the Sisters of the Poor, 
This is one of the two female religious communities which he had founded. How he had found time for everything that he did is astonishing. Blessed George received a message that gave him some false hope that there was no longer a danger that he would be appointed bishop, but very soon afterward word came that he had already been appointed the Bishop of Vilnius. A telegram arrived from the apostolic visitator. Uh, Blessed George spent a sleepless night. He knew that he had to surrender to God's will. Vilnius was a city rife with political and nationalistic tensions as the First World War was ending. Every decision on how to handle his installation as bishop had political ramifications. The evil one uses every opportunity to divide people. Uh, the city of Vilnius had been occupied by the German army during the, Second, the First World War from 1915 to 1918, and then Lithuanian independence was declared in February of 1918 with Vilnius as the capital. There were many Polish-speaking Catholics there. This accounted for some of the tensions. There had been a Polish-Lithuanian uh, commonwealth in the past. Um, there were also Belarusians there as well. They had a plan, uh, they had to plan his consecration as bishop and then his uh, installation as the bishop of the diocese. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast 
to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.